Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, brought to you by Mattress Direct, your local sleep specialist. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. For chefs Mark Del Pietro and Brian Doherty, family is a big part of why they got into the restaurant business. Mark grew up in his parents' restaurant, the beloved Del Pietro's in South St. Louis. Brian married into the family, and now the two brother-in-laws run three distinct restaurants in the area. The Block in Webster Groves, 5800 in South City, and their newest spot, Cleaver and Cocktails in Town and Country. We sat down with the chefs at the brand new restaurant to hear their story. From the big name kitchens they've worked in to the changing dynamic of the business. Plus, we get some insight into the very unique offering at Cleaver and Cocktails, their dry aged meat room. Let's meet Brian and Mark. Get the best price on brand name mattresses at Mattress Direct. You'll get the guaranteed lowest price and the non-commissioned sleep specialists will make sure you get the right mattress for the way you get to sleep. You'll sleep better knowing you got the best price on the right mattress when you shop local at St. Louis Mattress Direct. Well, guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. We're sitting inside your new space. Give us a a little detail about about where we're at right now. So we are at Cleaver and Cocktail. We are in town and country on Clayton Road, just east of Mason. Mm -hmm. So just east of the Straubs. we started this whole deal probably two years ago and then when COVID hit we abruptly walked away really um and then we started flirting back and the landlord started flirting back with us and you know then we finally got something inked construction took a lot longer because of that word that lovely word of supply demand (laughs) that Um, thing that we're all so familiar with exactly and then we got it up, and then it was just us doing all of our internal things and hanging, you know, shelves and all this kind of good stuff. And then um, we opened up uh, the last day of May, just very quietly. How has the first sort of month been? It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. You know, we've been, you know, we friends and family at first, and then the next we didn't advertise. We still don't have a sign yet, but you know, we yeah, it's a little hidden. Yeah. It's a little hidden. Yeah, it's a big space, but it's a little hidden. You know. <laughs> So uh, we're having some temporary signs come in, and we're still, the landlord's approval of the signage is in the process right now. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been good. You know, the second night we did six people and then eight people, and then, you know, it's been building and stuff like that, and we're getting some good return people from, you know, the people that live right around here. That's always what you want. Yeah, right. Somebody to come back a second time. Yeah, we don't want a destination spot. Yeah, it's been more, it's been neighborhoody kind of. Mm -hmm. For sure. It seems like, so... What's the concept? Give us a little understanding uh, we, of... We kind of built off what we do in Webster at the Block. Mm-hmm. We're, I don't want to say not meat forward, I would say, but uh, we, it, the dry age is kind of the, the anchor behind it. When you first walk in, past the hostess stand directly to your right, there's a window that looks into a dry aging meat room. Um, so that's the, the anchor behind the restaurant. I mean, we definitely have other you know, seafood options that so we're not a, we don't want to be pigeonholed kind of as a steakhouse, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, there's a couple vegetarian items that, you know, so for people that come in and, you know, like both our wives are pescatarian, so they don't eat, they don't eat meat. So that's kind of the joke is you guys open all these meat places and your <laughs> wives don't partake in the, uh, the steak side or burger side or whatever, you know, meat side of it that we become accustomed to. But, um, the dry aging thing is kind of something that we sort of something you're known for. Yeah, I think the meat, the dry age thing is kind of new to us. Um, 
but it's, I don't know, we've learned a lot over the last year or stuff, mm-hmm. looking into it and playing around with stuff. And it's, it's crazy that you walk in and you can almost kind of smell that blue cheesy kind of funkiness when you, mm. when you walk in and, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just cool. And just playing around with, you know, this one's 30 days, this one's 60 days. And then some of them even went longer to 90 and you can really just that intensified beefiness that comes through. Yeah. So give us like some specifics when you say a dry age room, you know, what does that mean? What is it? What's it like in there? <laughs> so it's a room that is temperature controlled. Obviously a lot of people think that it's warm. Mm. So I don't know why, but if it was warm, it would rot. Right. So, Don't want that. <laughs> yeah. So it's 34, 36 degrees. Uh, it has a little bit more humidity in it, and we can control the humidity. The more protein, the more pieces we put in there naturally give humidity, so we'll have to dial that down. And then fan speed is the other thing. You know, mm. if it's too high, then it will um, they'll lose a lot more moisture. Or if it's not high enough, then it won't circulate enough, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and so what we're doing is we're dehydrating the beef basically it's open to the elements we're dehydrating it so it's losing moisture so it's intensifying its flavor mm. you know it's just like um if you take a stock down to a, a, a broth to a demi-gloss to a gloss you're dehydrating you're evaporating the water so you're intensifying the flavor of it you guys have been obviously as known for the meat aspect of your of your cooking why was this sort of a next step that you wanted to, to try out with this space we always wanted to come out to this area, you know, um, and just up the street from us, just west of 141, there's, um, you know, a lot of Italian restaurants. And so we didn't want to do that and we didn't mm-hmm. want to compete with them, uh, no disrespect to them, but we kind of wanted to have our own niche, 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 in a sense. And, um, you know, there's really nothing around us except Minio's, mm-hmm. Um and they've been here for a long time, once again, Italian. So we didn't want to you know, why compete? Why not compliment, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then give the, uh, the residents a little bit more variety and stuff. And the people that know us, I think from Webster mm-hmm. kind of know that meat, I don't say for us kind of, I don't want to say natural progression, but it just kind of made sense when we were talking about it. And, um, the other thing that's big in Webster is how we always try to buy whole animals mm-hmm. or, you know, halves, or if it's not a whole, it's, um, primals or subprimals. So that was something, you know, through a purveyor that we've been using a long time um, in Webster. And that kind of naturally became like, hey, we're getting these whole 103s, which is basically the whole rib, or the, the rib section. And, you know, you get the ribs and the short ribs and the rib eyes and stuff like that. And we're like, if we can just age that, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the strip loins. And um, so I don't want to say some, kind of a natural progression for sure. us too. So. So taking it back a little, both of you are, are veterans of this industry. Brian, let's start a little bit with you. When, when did you get into the restaurant business? I, uh, out of, I, I went to St. Louis U for a couple of years, and then after that I uh, um, went to culinary school at CIA in New York and worked up there for a little bit and then came back to St. Louis. Uh, I actually did my externship under Mark at, at Portobello. Um, is that how you guys first met? Uh, yeah, I think that's how we first met. And mm-hmm. um, and then worked, um, I moved into, uh, down the stri- uh, down Big Bend, um, Harvest was just getting ready to open. And I uh, was like, hey, this is kind of a cool new concept that was coming to St. Louis, the California cuisine. They were trying to do a lot of freshness and uh, stacked proteins as opposed to the meat, 
you know, veg starch that was not typical, but it was kind of moving in that direction. And uh, worked there for a few years and really liked it. And then uh, I got a close, uh, developed a close relationship with the chef there. He had left, and <laughs> they were getting ready to open uh, a restaurant called Shiitake in Clayton, which is a Pan-Asian, and he was going to be the chef. And I went in and talked to Mark, and I was like, hey, I did my extra for you guys. I liked working, da-da-da. Um, I want to work with this particular chef again, and he never made it, and worked there, and then became friends with his younger sister and started hanging out and developed, started out as a friendship and, you know, now we're married and have three kids. But, uh, so that's kind of my, into that. And from there we, you know, worked at Luciano's and Clayton and we opened the block. And so when did the block open? 11 years ago. 11 years ago. 2011. Yeah. 2011. So, and then we have 5,800, um, that's been, is it four years now? Four years four in years. October, yeah. And then, uh, we had the, the block in the West End also. Yeah. Oh. So we had the block in the West End. That what has it been like working together over all these years, both as brother-in-laws and as business partners? Well, the best thing about it is that even if he does something that I wouldn't necessarily agree with, or I do something he wouldn't necessarily agree with, we know that we're doing it for the good of the company and we know that we're not trying to get something over on someone else. I feel that's the most comforting thing. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, fuck, what are you going to do? You know, it's just kind of like, okay, I wouldn't have sauteed that or I wouldn't have what we definitely have. I I think, well, we definitely have have different, different we have different styles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just different ways of doing things. And, um, and it's the, the time we probably worked the most together was Luciano's where, um, I was more the daytime kind of, chef and then i would you know come in and hey this is what we got going or we're gonna do this for specials or you got this list of things and then he did it at night and i don't say that was probably the most fun because now we're working together but we're always at different spots yeah well you so, have you kind of are spread out yeah a bit. so there's definitely times like even the first couple of weeks we opened here it was like uh, webster died down earlier i think we think everybody was out on vacation that first week that summer happened <laughs> and called hey do you can you, you know, and get in your car and you head out to town and country and help expedite or do whatever. And they're nerve wracking, but it, it's fun. And it's, you know, you're bouncing and say, Hey, what's this? Or I, you know, so yeah. And it's also great to throw like the other day, I just called them and said, I have a lot of this. What do you got in mind? Well, what about this? Well, I can't do this because, well, what about that? And so just you can the bounce throwing, those ideas. just the bou- bouncing ideas off of each other is always great. And especially when it's the four of us, too. And it's really funny, like Brian was saying, our wives are pescatarians. Mm-hmm. When they're like, I see the beef dish. I'm like, you don't eat meat. What are you talking about? <laughs> it always smells really I good think going it out. should be. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> be they, like yeah. me talking about cramps. You know, yeah. I don't know what the f- you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that, had they both always been pescatarians? I mean, was that is that sort of Le- Leah? I think she, she was like 13 is what she 12, said. Over 13, 13 yeah. yeah. She just decided to stop eating meat. My dad freaked her out. I think it was with tongue. He freaked her out. I remember being at the table. I think she was a lot younger than 12 at that time, but I think it had something to do with that. But I could <laughs> she, she blamed it on be wrong. That, that movie it's buried that down in the that subconscious. That Face of Death movie when we were kids, like everybody watched. She said it's – she told me that's what it was. That's but I, I, I don't yeah, know. Who knows? I don't know. She's got a bunch of different stories, but they're yeah. all good. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Amy – 
She was eating just chicken when we first met mm-hmm. and then quickly got out of that. So you, Neither of you have ever been able to woo them back into the, the meat side? It's not something that I'm looking at. I got her to skydive. I got her to go motorcycle riding with me, eating beef. Not that big of a yeah. deal. <laughs> Leah talked about it when she was going through some health issues and stuff, and they were talking about giving more protein. And when they were pregnant too, right? Yeah, and they taught, she briefly mentioned it, but never, nothing serious about it. But Leah always jokes, like, when she's running food or taking plates out to the tables, she's always like, wow, this smells really good, but never, That's pretty cool. never acts on it. Every once in a yeah. while she'll get something, and she'll, you know, this tastes really good. It's like, oh, it had chicken stock in it or... And she's not that, but I know when you were working for Danielle, she said he made her eat foie gras or something. Yeah. Like, so, she, you know, yeah. and she's like, I'm not, you know, no one tells Danielle no, but she was sitting at this table with a bunch of big chefs. I think, like, Adam Perry Lang was there and you. There was a whole bunch. Else, but, it was, like, 100-year-old Armagnac. And, and, you know, and she's, like, you're trying to make like, her eat all this stuff. She's like, I don't even eat. Like, <laughs> same thing when we, we got, Amy and I got married in Sicily, and we were – looking for a priest, right? And the archbishop down there was a connection with Monsignor Bomarito here and Monsignor Polizzi. Like these, all these Dago priests are really hardcore. So anyway, we go to the archbishop's, um, what? Chapel? I guess. Uh, Private residence, whatever. Someplace, place yeah, important. For lunch, and it's like a six course, you know, lunch. And um, we get veal set down. And so I stand up to grab it and she goes, sit down and she is like sweating I go what are you doing she's like it's the archbishop I'm like just chill out so she goes I'll do what I do at your mom's house I just cut it and spread it around and she's she's familiar does your mom still feed her meat no she'll make her like a vegetable lasagna enough to feed 14 people here I brought this for Amy it's like okay good Because in food for your family uh, is, is probably just a huge part of family life. I mean, it's everything. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everything. Someone died, I'll make pasta. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. got married, I'll make pasta. Someone that, someone that you know, it's, it's all based around food. It's, it, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. What is your earliest memory of being in a kitchen? Cutting my finger on a, with cutting a lemon with a super dull knife in the kitchen. At, I was like eight or nine mm-hmm. or something like that and just being back there my dad didn't cook at all my mom cooked mm-hmm. my dad did the front of the house and my dad was really good at the front of the house because he knew every person that came in their name their wife and possibly not their wife um <laughs> he knew the detail yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knew the detail I mean he was unbelievable like that you know and my mom did all the cooking, all the books, all this, and my dad got all the, you know, the uh, recognition mm-hmm. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just typical male bravado, I guess. I don't know. But um, just being back there with them or being there with them or, you know, we would fold napkins while we were watching cartoons on Saturdays because my mom did the laundry. Mm-hmm. Or if we, you know, fell asleep at the restaurant, we would go in the party room and, you know, they would put chairs together, like front way and back way so we wouldn't roll off and mm-hmm. then put a linen over us and stuff like that i mean we were always around it like our pencil cases at school were bank bags and the crown royal bags that was pencil cases too and (laughs) we never thought there was anything wrong with it yeah Yeah. where now i mean i'm sure you couldn't have something that had a an alcohol stamp going into a grade school my kids would grab like t-shirts that say 
you know, Rockwell or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't. They're like, it's fine. Don't wear the brewery shirts to school, <laughs> yeah. kids. Yeah, like, you, Which you is funny because that's all we did. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm like, so. you, you can't wear that. Yeah. Did, did you always know you would go into the restaurant business? Or oh God, were there no. moments that you wanted to say, I'm going to do something completely different? I wanted to be Dan Marino. Are you kidding me? You know, I wanted sure. to be a quarterback. Okay. There I you wanted go. Well, to every, be every kid's dream. Yeah, right? absolutely. Every kid's dream, absolutely. And for a while, I wanted to fly jets, but um, I'm Top too, Gun I'm influence. Too, probably, I'm too dumb. You know, yeah. so they're like, um, "What's your What's your ACT?" Yeah, no. <laughs> so, you know, I went to college for one football season and then left, and mm-hmm. um, then went to culinary school. And from culinary school, what was the path? Walk us through those that may not know your history. So I went to culinary school, same place Brian did. Uh, I'm a skosh older than him, so uh, I was there before him. But um, So there, and then I did an externship at the Ritz-Carlton in Palm Springs. And then I worked uh, for Danielle Ballou at uh, Le Cirque in Manhattan. And then it was like two years I was there, and <clears throat> he left to do his new restaurant. Mm-hmm. I went there for a little bit and helped him with the cookbook, okay. his first cookbook. But the kind of unwritten rule was 18 months to two years, and then you move on, mm. just to see different stuff. And sure. I was working all the stations. I was on grill. I was saucier. I was entremetier. I, I did garmager. So it was like, I want to see other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the new chef came over from Monaco, and he's like, if you stay for the new menu, I'll put you in the south of France. I'm like, okay. okay. You know, it'd be 23 in the south of France. It didn't suck. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I had a little uh, stage in Antibes uh, until oh, my Monaco. My going there in like two weeks. I'm oh, it's so fabulous. <laughs> until Monaco housing was ready for me because I lived in the hotel in the okay. Hotel de Paris. Um, and then worked there for like 11 months. I was going to Italy, but my mom had a heart attack. I think she did it on purpose to get Bring back. her kids back. Uh, but she does have the scar to prove it. She has it, major so. open heart surgery, so right. <laughs> she's got a right. little. Right, but you know, but you know moms will do it's a that lot. that Sicilian yeah. guilt, Brian. Yeah. She'll <laughs> fuck, cut me open. I need my babies yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so I you, wouldn't put it past her. So you came back to St. Louis. The Italian moms and the Jewish moms are very mm-hmm. similar with the guilt. <laughs> yeah. So came back to St. Louis, and then we found our first lease uh, at Portobello's that we opened in 94. Mm-hmm. And then Kilkenny's and Shiitake's, like Brian said, and Luciano's, and then uh, the block, and then the block, Central West End, then 5,800, and then here. Is there a point in your career that you ever thought, man, I, I'm, I'm glad that this did lead me here, that I'm not flying fighter jets right now? I mean, I love it. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't, mm-hmm. you know? But the funny thing is, like, was I a better chef, air quotes, which I hate, but was I a better chef when I was just in the kitchen and I wasn't doing anything else? I wasn't doing books. I wasn't doing payroll. I wasn't, I was just doing food. Did I know what my food cost was? Probably not. Did I know what my, probably not. You know, shit like that. Was I just cooking? Or are you better now when you have a full view of the whole scope of everything? So I don't know, you know, but it's just different the the you know diners are different the employees are different if you have employees so everything's just different now mm-hmm. you know so it's a it's cool to see it change but when when it comes down to it you know i just really love cooking and what food does and what it does to people and how they accept it or whatever the case is you know that's i just like that 
I mean, yeah, you always tell people you get into it for cooking. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how, I don't want to say the one thing about COVID is <clears throat> you get into it because you love cooking and then you're pulled so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And then you, I, mean, I don't think you know, most you're, people you're love doing, doing the books. No, I mean, no some, one does. Maybe, I mean, but you have to does. as a business owner, <laughs> sure. you're doing that. And then you, with COVID, it's like you lost people or people left or whatever. And then you get pushed back on the line again and mm-hmm. you're like i love doing this but now i'm the cook i'm the butcher i'm the you know making sure that payroll and oh did you clock in and i mean and you're just mm-hmm. so i don't want to say full circle but yeah you definitely get into it for the because you like cooking that's why you want i mean that's why you go to culinary school i mean i sure. didn't know there were schools you could go to then and you started looking into it right so when opening this restaurant obviously barring the the post-pandemic problems of staffing and supply chain issues, does it get a little easier each time to open a new space or is it still just a whole new host of challenges despite years of experience? I mean, Mark dealt a lot with it more than I did, but I, I think it gets easier. Like, you know, I think, you know, connections and you know what you want and like our wives did a lot of the design mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we all, you know, we sit down and say, Hey, this is what we think we want the look to look like. And, you know, what about these chairs and whatnot? So I think it gets a little easier because you have that style and, you know, you're working with business partners and relatives and stuff, so you kind of all know. Um, it's always, I mean, like your, your point, challenging. But, yeah, don't you think it gets, I, mean, I would say, easier a little bit? A little bit, yeah. I mean, negotiating and understanding the lease, mm-hmm. you get more educated on that, and you get more educated on just negotiating and knowing the you know ebbs and flows of it and okay we got really pinched in this paragraph on a lease 12 (laughs) years ago so make sure that's gone or this or this or this and just all these little things that of course the landlords want because it's their building sure you know but some things are totally unrealistic as far as a um you know a daily work environment Mm. it's like we're not going to hydro flush the all the floor drains quarterly that is ridiculous you know (laughs) but they're my floor drains great do them yourself you know or whatever or there's the cosmetic side of it you learn things like we holy shit we put in this really awesome looking tile but if it gets wet it's like an ice rink so we're (laughs) never doing that again or exactly uh you know we had this really cool uh kitchen floor and the block central west end it's like if we ever do another spot we're, we're putting in that you know so you make mental notes or write mm-hmm. you know like things that you good or bad that you learn that you i don't we definitely need to do that or we should look into that or we need to see you know what's the cost on this or you know different things this space obviously has something that some of your other locations doesn't have which is this expansive backyard and lake situation yeah. i mean it's a much more it's not rural because we're in town and country, but it has a very different vibe than the block, which is right there in the bustling Webster, you know, then 5,800, which is in South City. What intrigued you about this location? Well, like you said, the patio is, it's, if you go out uh, west of 141, it's, it's Clayton Road, it's the water feature, and then patio. Mm-hmm. So the patios are pretty noisy. You know, here it's Clayton Road, parking, the building, then the patio, mm-hmm. and then the water feature. So it's it's whisper quiet outside, um, and it's it's awesome, you know. And so we're we're, you know, we'd love to do a lot of weddings. We could see people getting married in the park, coming up for a buyout, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, the, the the water feature in the patio is just great. Mm-hmm. Weddings, I imagine, uh, throughout all the restaurants, you have been a big part of many people's 
biggest celebrations in life. Yeah. What does that mean to you that people come to you, to your restaurants and say, you know, this is what I want at my wedding, at our 50th anniversary, things mm. like that? It's, I think it's a huge compliment to us, you know, that they search us out to and want to celebrate one of their milestones with us, you know. And it's great to hear, oh my God, you know, people that got married with us, they still come in for their anniversaries mm -hmm. or for their next or whatever the case is. And that is so cool. Even if we don't see them once a year, we're part of that memory. We're part of those, their photo album. We're part of all that stuff. And I think that's kind of cool. You know, I still get people, we got married in Del, at Del Pietro's in 1982 or mm -hmm. whatever. It's like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Or you, you don't know? see them in a while and then they had kids and then you see their kids because yeah. they come in for their second birthday and then they come back for graduation. And you're like, oh my God, like we've been doing that this long. Or, um, so yeah, it's just cool. That, that's the cool part is the relationships mm -hmm. you get, but for not sure. just weddings, just, you know. First dates. Yeah, and, you know, people you know, that like stalked us out at Webster, you could see them walking back and forth and then like, we did the same thing we did here. We just kind of opened one day, and then people came in, and we're going to be here at your bar every night, and they were. And, you know, yeah. it's crazy how you just get relationships with people. Um, you know, your like restaurant sucks because my boyfriend dumped me there. It's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> you know, come back. Maybe you'll meet a yeah, new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that wasn't our fault. So. What has been for you, Brian, the, the biggest joy over your time in this, in this industry? Uh, I think it goes, you know, um, I don't know, that customer relationship kind of, you know, you always want people to come in. They're coming into a restaurant because they want to eat. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other different experiences to it. So, yeah, we'll bring them in for the food or, you know, hearing like, hey, we really enjoyed, I don't know, something stupid simple or some special you came up with, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's probably the biggest, you know, meeting people. And, you know, it's almost like, not, not to sound cliche or stupid they're coming into your home but it, it is to a yeah. certain degree they know that's how they know because i'll i mean we live in webster and i'm at the webster location the block the most mm -hmm. and you're going to the grocery store and i had somebody you know with my kid one of my kids and behind and like oh hey did you know, they come and they live down this down gray on what you know and like oh hey how's the new place are you guys getting close it's like yeah we quietly opened it two weeks ago mm -hmm. and talking about it and then they know you know so that that kind of um, it, it definitely stems from the food, but I think getting relationships with people is yeah. another thing. That Mark, similar question. I mean, is there a moment that you can look back to that's been sort of that, that greatest joy moment in your career? I mean, one moment I think would be hard to put your finger on, mm -hmm. but, you know, you know, piggybacking what Brian said, but also like in our phones, you know, last names, I have beef ribs and risotto or this is this, this so when they come up on caller id you know my kids are like beef rib chris is calling and it's a funny story he and his wife are such good friends with us now and you know beef when i was chris. telling him uh, you know i'm like just give me your number and he's whispering to his wife like is he trying to pick me up i'm like no i'm not trying to pick you up asshole just do you want he's like oh yeah cool you know so i you know, I know his last name, mm -hmm. but he's still in there as Beef Rib Chris, you know, and it's it's hysterical. But there's multiple people like that that you reach out to. Hey, we're sous vide tonight. We'll be ready in two days or whatever, because they always sell out, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's, you know, 
it's always fun to have. Well, and by building those relationships, I mean, that's why you get those repeat customers. That's why you're going to have, I imagine, people that love to come to the Block and Webster, that go to 5800, that are going to make the trek out we, to we, town and country. We always say that we don't want to be... You don't want to be a special occasion restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, we had it. We had when we 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 not to use shiitake, but it was a, you know, it was way ahead of its time. I think for St. Louis, it was we were doing Pan Asian. We had a sushi bar. We were, you know, no one was doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, people all the time they'd be like, I can't believe you closed that. It was our favorite restaurant, and you know, we used to come like twice a year. And I'm like, well, that's why it closed, right? Because you came. And I mean, the dining scene is definitely different than. I think now, I think people eat out a lot more than they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't want to say, when I was a kid, we only went out to eat, um, you know, for special occasion, for sure. special occasion. You know, it was your first communion. It was your, you know, so-and-so's birthday. You graduated. You, you did that kind of stuff. We didn't, I mean, my mom cooked hot meals every night. I mean, that's, it's just, it's just a different time, you right. know. And I'm not saying they weren't busy. It's just, it's just different. different. And, and plus there wasn't like, I mean, we have friends who have restaurants that are just, you go eat there, you, you, grab and, you grab and go. You're like, I don't... And you can get really good grab and go. I mean, stuff. I mean, even through COVID, I mean, we... Everybody's like, how did how did you guys do it block or how did you do it at 5800? It's like, well, it was a little harder at 58 because, you know, it's a neighborhoody, but it wasn't the... People in Webster, we, we did a lot of to go. Yeah. And it, you know, and it was just... Yeah, it was just, you know, just different, so... Absolutely. I mean, there has been so much that's changed, I imagine, since you opened your first restaurant. What's the biggest difference that you think you've noticed in these I think, years? I think people are a lot more educated mm-hmm. um, on food because of the food networks and stuff. And I think that's great, especially for us and, and the restaurants that are making everything in-house and stuff like that. Because, you know, we know what we're doing. We're not opening up many bags, boxes, or cans and mm-hmm. such like that, you know, um, sometimes, same goes, sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's, yeah. Same goes with the hike, uh, higher up, uh, um, you know, chefs and such like that. But, you know, I had a lady in last night who said I should massage the kale cause that's the newest thing on uh, the food network. Yeah. And I'm like, but baby kale, you don't want to No, you don't. I go, well, this is that, you know? <laughs> oh, well you shouldn't shut the fuck up. Or they- you know, it's like, <laughs> why do you, sometimes people will come in just to oh yeah that mm. silverware had a spot i'm sorry we'll never be back okay thank you you know um Do and you, you don't want change that now i mean that you know that idea that the customer is always right do you feel that we're that we're stepping away from that 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 that's not always the case i think as the business owner from our side i think not that you're tired of it but you just that you used to it was almost like shoved in your face so much like you would hear it all the time with the mm. customers and i think people used it as a, as a and don't get me wrong the general consumer is they're awesome i mean they but yeah there's some that are just uh they're just hard i mean it's like it's almost like i'm not saying they went out to find something but it's mm-hmm. just like you know we're, we're human like and i don't i always say in this why is it? Why is the restaurant business the one business that everybody knows is a professional on? Mm. Like, I, no one goes into a grocery store. Why the hell is this <laughs> stacked on this shelf? Or why is this? Or how are you? You know, you fitted me for this shoe, and you didn't. You know, any other business, but in the restaurant business, it just seems like everyone is an expert on it, and mm-hmm. they want to tell you about it too. Mm-hmm. It's, and I'm yeah. not trying to be pompous. It's because most people aren't like that. But you do. You know, people that come in here, and you're. Like I said earlier, you become the butcher, and you're you're cutting every steak by hand. You're doing it personally, and somebody's mm-hmm. like, "This isn't a ribeye." And you're like, I- "I'm I'm sorry. What what is it?" It's like, 
well, this isn't a ribeye, obviously. And I said, well, yeah, this it is. It's like you get so many steaks off a ribeye, and this mm-hmm. comes on this end, and then this is the strip loin end. So, yeah, it looks more like a strip, but it's still a ribeye. Mm-hmm. Or here we... And we did it at the block when we first opened. We cut in T-bones and ribeyes. And everybody's like, this isn't a porterhouse. Or a porterhouse, yeah. I'm sorry. A porterhouse and T-bones. And this isn't a porterhouse. And it's like, well, yeah, everybody wants the one porterhouse that's got the huge filet, but that's not how it is. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I can bring out the book that says the first four off this end. <laughs> you or, should, maybe. So, maybe you should but, bring out the book. You know, but, but again, it goes back to that. You, you don't. No. The you, customer's not always right, but you don't want to throw it in their face, totally. too. I mean, they're Absolutely. coming in. There's they're trying balance. to be. There is a balance. And I think from our side, there's always a balance from that side. I mean, it's like, how many times do you have to make the hostess cry? You know, it's like, the kid's 16, they're doing what you told us to do. I understand you're hungry, but you don't have a problem when Mm. you're all talking tough guy with the 16-year-old and she's crying. But then when one of us comes out, and I'm like, I'm sorry, do you have a problem? And you're like, whoa, no, no, no. It's like, you know, what? You know? (laughs) Why, you you know? They're just doing what we told them to do. Totally. Yeah, they're not... Absolutely. Well, and I do think things are changing and, and it, you know, it does sometimes help to make people realize that like, Hey, we all can just be nice and respectful yeah, yeah. of, of everyone that's just doing their best to get a good meal out. And, uh, you know, it, it is, I think what's helped is a lot of people have started to sympathize, I think mm-hmm. with, um, and I, I don't know if people really, I, I don't want to say didn't understand it. It's a hard business and it's always on all the time and you know, we talked earlier about not on the podcast but before we started with how you were all we were open seven days a week because that's when you paid rent well now it's like that's not good for us it doesn't mm-hmm. work for you know mark has two kids and we have three kids it doesn't you know we want to be closed on sunday monday because they can do stuff with that there's more and, family life balance yeah, than for there sure. probably yeah, ever was just, before and, it, and it, it is hard it's like yeah we need to do a little bit more on those nights because we lost two nights that we're not making but you know you have to balance what is important to you or what works for you and that's where we i think not fail but we struggle a little bit is saying okay you're the chef you run it we're not going to be here but do it the way we want to Mm. and i don't know if we're still too controlling or we just haven't found the right personnel or what but you know that's the part that's a little difficult is to step away and say you know just here because we don't want to be here all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, if the opportunity for sales are there, yeah. So where do you draw the line yeah. kind of a deal? So. Absolutely. If people are going to each of your restaurants, is there a little something different they're getting at each one? And you know, what, for those that haven't been, what can they expect at each of your restaurants? Well, I think 5800 is, you know, it's that neighborhood kind of a restaurant. It's a little simpler flares, more sandwiches, stuff like that, a little bit lower price point, so on and so forth. Uh, Webster started out with that market area, you know, and it's just, no, it's that neighborhood place. Also, we do get um, transients in, but, you know, they're going there for a great steak, you know, and they really want that. You it's know? a lot more and, families in Webster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot I mean, more it fits kids, the area. Too. We don't do nearly as many kids. It, it we do rarely any. Yeah, hardly any. But we do a lot of we do a lot of a lot of families, and we said that before we opened. We knew we had to have sort of a, more of a, a family. kids menu, yeah. and um, yeah, because they we open at four thirty. Yep, and we're full at four forty five with kids. Yeah. Wow, you know, and it's not a Chuck E. Cheese atmosphere, but they're bringing <laughs> them in. Sometimes it is. <laughs> And then here, you know, obviously this is our fourth week, but the dry aging and everything. And, 
you know, we sell a lot of steaks, but you know, I sold 17 halibut last night and I sold like seven or eight scallops and, you know, and tuna tartare. So our fish is selling also, our fish like, is selling very like Webster, well also. Like, I don't want to say bumped up, kind of the like on steroids. Yeah. yeah. Fit the area. And obviously the price point's a little bit higher because um, of the dry aging and stuff like that. But, and then a lot of cocktails. I mean, it's in the name, so it should be. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so Cleveland cocktail. A lot, I of, mean. lot of cocktails, you know, a lot of wine, um, which uh, which is great. I mean, the bar, I mean, when, when we designed, you know, the, the landlord did a great uh, job with the, the build-out and the beams and the ceiling are awesome. But um, the bar, I mean, focal point to the bar, obviously, um, there's a cool uh, private room. And then, that, like we talked about earlier, the patio. I mean, that's, You walk in and it's it's an impressive space it looks cool yeah, yeah. I mean, but it but it's but it's inviting still i know not yeah it looks and that's what it comes down to for at sure, the yeah. end absolutely yeah you know it's all i appeal at first but i don't think you walk in and you're like you know in sh- you know shorts and college shirt going i can't eat here and it's mm-hmm. like yeah let's do this let's, yeah let's get a steak let's let's get some cocktails let's, yeah absolutely let's eat yeah let's do this We've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up, including a longtime beloved ice cream shop's big move. Plus, how do you start a child's clothing company inside your guest bedroom? We're going to find out. Thanks for listening, and we'll meet you back here next week.